Amen. So we're going to go into the word. I thought we talked today. We're talking about healing and faith and healing and our covenant of healing. We are relying on uh, to get us through this difficult time. So we're going to talk about the fact that God's word is life and health. Amen. His word is life and health. And uh, you can't hear that too often because uh, of the world that we live in. You can live as perfectly as you can before God and still be subject to attacks on your health, attacks on your finances, attacks in so many uh, different areas. Your peace and your well-being can be under attack. So we need to know that there is a word from God that will heal, that will deliver, set free, will cure, uh, that will bring peace, that will bring reconciliation. This word will do it all, amen, because Jesus did it all. He's already conquered the enemy on our behalf, and we are so grateful for that. So Psalm 119.50, if you'll go there. And I love that psalm. I've been meditating on it quite a bit recently uh, because I felt to just refresh my confidence in God's word. And uh, this psalm speaks particularly about the power of the word of God and the precepts of God and, and the uh, our, our faith in it. Verse uh, 50 said, this is my comfort in my affliction. Thy word has given me life. Or if you have a King James, it says your word has quickened me. And what that word quickening really refers to is bringing new life again. Amen. Uh, When you're quickened, life comes anew to you every single time. And we need that. We need the quickening of our our, uh, bodies by the word of God. Because as God begins to impart his life to us, we are more healed, we're more delivered, we have a greater sense of well-being. So you can say that every time you receive the word, meditate on the word, hear the word, uh, or the word is ministered to you, that it quickens you, it brings new life to you, amen? It restores life to you, it restores life and health to all of our being. And that's a very powerful revelation to have on the word of God. I think it would make, if we could remember that, we'd be more, less reluctant to just sit down and read our Bibles and and stay still for a minute and let God minister to us uh, than to always be running around doing different things because we, you know, we just got to do this and got to do that. We're always pressed for time. We're always trying to cram everything in. Uh, But uh, you can take the word with you through meditation as well. You know, you don't have to just get the word because the word is in front of you. Uh, That word you hide in your heart, the Bible says. Amen. And so that that you hide in your heart can be called up at any time to your memory or to your soul to minister life and health to your soul and then from your soul it will penetrate into your body that's that's the way it pretty much works so uh, whatever we have that we have ministered to us we receive it in our spirit 
your spirit does have a mind as well and it's that mind of the spirit that begins to meditate on the word of God and it begins to put down anything that is against God's word so it's really the word that you believe and obey that brings life and health to us amen there are no results to the word if it's not believed amen you don't get any results if you don't believe it and faith is an action amen faith is always an action Uh, because you can fool a lot of people and get them to think you believe god but if you never put the word into practice you won't have much result you see what i'm saying so james tells us plainly that faith without works is dead because it is alone so we get the impression that our faith needs help you know what i'm saying i mean it can you can be believing but if you're not doing anything there's always a corresponding action to our faith amen there's an action that proves that you believe huh i was speaking with somebody and they were praying about uh moving and i told them i said well you need to start packing you understand what i'm saying because now that might work if you just you know want to move want to move want to move want to move that might work for you in the natural if you were a sinner but once you're a believer and you're praying and asking god for a house or a, a larger you know whatever you want you want to change you want something different you want something more to your liking you have to show him that you really believe he's going to answer you and the way that you do that is you put your faith in there's a corresponding action to your faith there's something that makes your faith come alive you can't do just anything to show god your faith the best thing to do is to talk to God about, God, I really want to do this. What do I need to do to show you my faith? Just put it right out there like that. You know, you don't have to sneak up on God and let him think you all believe in this and all. You know what I'm saying. You don't make it up, in other words. There must be something that the Holy Spirit leads you to do in order to show God your faith and get what you need from him. The woman with the issue of blood had said already to herself, if I can just touch him, I'll be made whole. Well, if she never got out there, she would never have gotten healed. Do you understand what I'm saying? So the corresponding action that she needed to perform was get up, quit going to the doctors. She had to quit because she's out of money. They don't want to see you broke. Nothing against the doctor. He got to live too. He can't be sitting up there good. <laughs> Examining you broke sisters all over and over again. And it wasn't to any avail anyway because she never got better. She kept getting worse, worse, and worse until she heard something different could help her. I'm going to say it again. She kept getting worse and worse and worse until she heard something different could help her sometimes god has to close the door on what we depend on to get us to where we really get help 
It's true. And that's not mean, and that's not cruel, and that's not... Oh, what do you mean? You mean, what, you against doctors? I just told you I wasn't. They had a job to do, and God has his job to do. You understand what I'm saying? But as a child of God, I'm telling you, you're going to have to cultivate faith for something. You can't back away from using your faith on everything. You're going to have to use it for something. So why does not for you have, you use it for your food, you use it for your rent, you use it for your bills, you use it, and really to be honest with you, health and wealth are a package deal. God never separated them out like that. Don't care if y'all don't want to hear it. I was thinking about y'all. We treat the Bible like a Chinese menu. One from column A, one from column B. I don't like them beans in my food. I don't like them sprouts in my, I don't like that little funny stuff they put in there. Cause you know them people eat worms over there anyway. God's word is not like that. All over the Bible. Old Testament and New Testament. Healing and money go together. Healing and property go together. Healing, you can be very, very wealthy, and if you sick, it's not going to do you any good. So you might as well use your faith for your healing as well. And it doesn't hurt you to put uh, a scripture for health right beside begging for God to pay your bills. And see, we're finding that out now. Because now people can't get out. And many of them aren't even sick. We got well people pinned up at home and they can't get out and make money because sickness now wants to run the world now sickness wants to rule the world amen and so when you understand what's going on you get yourself up in your word huh god i i I see what's going on now because if this continues this whole world will be broke worldwide nobody's going out of their homes can't get no money can't get no uh you know if you go to get if you get some symptoms and you go to get treatment they're gonna put you through some kind of paces for that you may not get the treatment you need and so god is forcing us to look at what the world has to offer and then you make up your mind what you want to do He's not forcing you to do anything. He's showing you, though, what the devil could do. Because I thought, I thought to myself, I said, Lord, this is too, this is too easy. What's going on? Because one by one by one by one, all the nations shut down. Don't go outside. Don't do anything. You can't go to work. You can't do this. You can't. I said, I said, this looks like a dress rehearsal for something. And he told me it is. He said, but my people are on a different dress rehearsal. He said, this is, I use the devil's plan as a dress rehearsal to see how much control he can have over the whole world. He said, but my people are under a different dress rehearsal. You dress yourself in righteousness. You clothe yourself in the word. You hide under the shadow of the almighty. Amen. And that's what we do. And so as many of God's people as are not clinging to the word, that's how many are not passing the test. And when the dress rehearsal, the next dress rehearsal comes, 
See, they won't come this way again. See, there's great mercy here for God to show people. I told somebody, I was saying yesterday, I said, I'm going to make some t-shirts. Yeah. Yeah, I, it didn't get me and I didn't get it. Huh? We're not survivors. We didn't get it and it didn't get us. That's a different class of people. Why? None of these diseases. Amen. Not even COVID. None of these diseases. And that's God's holy word. That word is holy. That means it'll work no matter what's going on. Righteousness is the the greatest commodity in the universe. There's no law against righteousness. Huh? They can shut down what they want to shut down. But your righteousness will speak for you at the throne of God. God send me some money. These people have shut it down already. Huh? When you ever seen the federal government give everybody a thousand twelve hundred dollars? Not once, but twice. They say they're going to send it out again. Huh? Now that's nothing but God. I told the Lord, I said, you know, Lord, this, this man is moving so much like a real believer. Everybody say Trump is this, Trump is a, he he don't like black people. He don't, he don't like nobody. Well, he sure is taking care of people. Huh? If you can't give him credit for that and praise God for putting him there, something's wrong with you. You don't want to live. God gets in the White House who he wants there when he wants them there. You understand me? Because he wants to preserve people's lives. He ain't talking about no party, political party stuff. Because I can remember times when the devil would attack. And I would just counterattack and, and, and take everything almost that I had and throw it against him. You understand what I'm saying? Like if he would start stealing money from me or stealing money from the ministry, I'd take everything almost we had and, and give it away to somebody and say, God, I thank you for this miracle financial coming in. You throw it back at him, you see. If he's stealing money, you throw money back out there and show the devil he can't bully your people. Craziness. I said, yeah, I'm jumping all over that one. I said, I see what's going on now. Devil, you want to bank bankrupt this nation? We print some more money. We'll throw it out there and give it to the people so they can take care of themselves. Without partiality. Amen. And Mr. Steve Mnuchin sent my check because I didn't get mine yet. So I'm looking forward to this, this Wednesday. <laughs> Steve, send our money. <laughs> Amen. It's already been re- released by God. Amen. So, you know, you're not really going to starve. You're not really, but we need to get healthy and get back to work. You, you see what I'm saying? And I believe the more people that can pray and pray the word and release the word in this atmosphere, the the stronger health will be, the stronger people will be. When people start going back to their normal activities, there will be no sickness. Huh? He brought us out with silver and gold and there was not one feeble person among us. People, Christians who are at home are going to start taking communion together and believe in God for restoration of their health. Amen. When God instituted the Passover, they had already borrowed money. They claimed borrowed money from their Egyptian neighbors. So that was the wealth. And they took 
the Passover meal. That was their health. People got healed when they ate that Passover meal. They would have to. Because there was not one thing. That that was Jews and Egyptians came under that covering, the, the covering of that Passover sacrifice and that covenant meal, and immediately nobody was feeble. And communion works the same way now. If we'll take it the way we're supposed to take it and quit making a ritual out of it. Amen. People are arguing over whether the priest in the Catholic Church can put the wafer on the tongue or put it. Just go home and eat your bread and your wine. You understand what I'm saying? They're going to find out it ain't nothing special about his hand touching it pretty soon. It's what it signifies spiritually. Go in the kitchen and go get you. The Bible says he'll bless your bread and your water and take sickness away from the midst of you. We need to start praying over our food instead of just wolfing it down in the drive-thru. Well, I don't care. Nobody cares for that. I don't care. See, the more the devil can take us away from family, from covenant, from sitting, from reverence, the reverence of having a meal together, the more he can make us sick. Why do you think God had people have people pray over their food? It's to keep you healthy. You eating out somebody else's food, you need to pray over it all the more. What's the big deal about a happy meal? <laughs> You'll get real happy off of it, do you, Poppy? I'm telling you. They got them little what do they put in them now? A little candy bar, a little cookie that's miniature, the smallest little size. Now you can't get but so happy off of this. Even little kids can't get but so happy. Once you get past that cute little box, I mean, you know it's not much joy left up in that thing. It's true. It's happy because that's what they call it. You know, we could call a lot of things a lot of stuff and sell them to people. I'm going to say this is the super duper colossal word of God. It heals you. It preserves your life. It takes sickness from the midst of you. (laughs) The Bible says Abraham believed God and then he went and did what God told him to do. You have to follow up faith with action. Amen. He didn't mull over it. Look for 15 confirmations. So we need to immediately believe and obey God's word. First thing should be out of your mouth is, God, what's my next move? Father, I I receive what you're telling me. What's my next move? If you do nothing else but confess the word, that's action. Amen. That's an action that you can say corresponds to your faith. And as a matter of fact, you can release your faith through speaking the word so that it brings life you ever you ever notice you make maybe you go and and visit somebody in the hospital that's sick now if y'all believers please take your bible with you don't go nowhere to visit nobody with some flowers i mean the flowers ain't wrong but take your word 
Hell, people like to work you for attention. I want to go in there and say, get up out this bed and let's go do something. Come on. I'm on bed rest. Well, God just canceled it. Come on now. The, the anointing canceled your bed rest. <laughs> I mean, something. Come on now. A lot of times people get sick of being in the bed. When I was a nurse, you go in there all the time and somebody, the bed is empty. And where they at? Well, you on bed rest. Oh, I no, I, I couldn't wait. I just had to. You understand what I'm saying? Them people have more going for it. But what do we do? Take, grab them and put them right back in the bed again. The foolishness. Somebody feeling that good. I remember we had people that we'd be debating. You know, they put those breathing tubes. They're debating. Oh, doctor has a common discontinued breathing tube. Well, he seems to be fine without it, but he keeps, you know, and people be trying to yank that tube out and then you go strap them down. And they well enough to breathe on their own without it. But we waiting on somebody to come and give an order to, for people to be healed. You understand what I'm saying? So you gotta trust God, folks, with your health. My point is, you trust God with your health. You don't ever put yourself in the hands of man. Amen? You trust God with it. So, <clears throat> Abraham went and immediately Show God his faith by obeying a word. The word has life-preserving properties in it. According to John 1.4, the word is light, L-I-G-H-T, and it is life, L-I-F-E. So you go and visit your friend in the hospital and start reading them the word. You might go in and they just look kind of... How you feeling today? You said, well, I'm so-so, you know, I had a little pain. I had a rough night last night. You start reading the word to them and see what happens. Hmm? So, well, let me read some to you. I just, you know, you say anything. You say, well, you know what? I didn't read as much word today as I wanted to. Let's get in the word a little bit. and let's God, Let God give you your miracle. This is how we get miracles. And start reading the word to them. Amen? John seventeen seventeen. the word is truth. Oh, the word is truth. Well, what does that have to do with, with sickness? Because sickness is a lie. It's concocted by the father of lies. He can't produce nothing but lies. So you want the word of God to testify against sickness. Sickness, I put you under arrest. I find you trespassing in this person's body. This person is blood bought. You are a trespasser here and you are a liar. And I command you to leave this person's body in Jesus name. Amen. So we put lies under arrest with the truth. This person is healed by Jesus stripes. God promised none of the diseases that he put on the Egyptians or sinners. Is he going to put on his people? You have a covenant of hell. You know, you, now you can intercede and you can minister. God is a merciful God, but you have a covenant of health. That is a guarantee to be healthy all the days of your life. Even into old age. You know, people want to try and attribute, you know, they, now they got the people and the, see, I've been watching them. Cause the older I get, the more I watch how they treat old folk. 
Not that that's me. No, that's with y'all. But you know what? I be watching how they want to put you in a category. You can only go shopping at 6 in the morning from 6 to 7 for your own good. I purposely kimble on in there about noon. Get what I want. I ain't there to breathe on nobody. I ain't there to contaminate nobody. I ain't there to pick up nothing. I'm just there to get my groceries. Huh? Don't be singling me out. You know, people want to, uh, <laughs> you go in there on your six o'clock to seven o'clock hour or seven to eight or whatever they got down there for you. You don't know who, who taking photos, who recording what, what they might do with them pictures they take. <laughs> they take it. They ain't gonna get me on camera. Huh? I'll be bold enough to go if I am caught doing uh senior time, I'll go up and say I'll say, Oh girl, I'm here at the wrong time. <laughs> in other words, I ain't with them. You understand what I'm saying? Don't get yourself lumped in no category. So like people, you know, sometimes people get the idea, well, I need some money. I'll, I'll go down to welfare and, and see what, you know, what, don't get your name on no rolls like that. You know, I mean, I know people need help sometimes, but, you know, if you have to do it to get help, get help, but don't get comfortable. Get your name on, get your name on the, on the roll where the people is getting the checks right now. The taxpayers. Yeah. <laughs> Psalms 119.89 says, Thy word, O Lord, is forever settled in heaven. That means there can never be a disputing of the word of God. Amen. 119.89. Let me see what it says here. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. If it's settled in heaven, that means earth ain't no problem. There's no disputing. You know how you can prove that? The only person that's recorded in the Bible, I believe, who disputed the word of God in heaven is no longer living there. Amen. He lost his first estate. Amen. He's got a second estate. Happens to be in hell, but <laughs> ever since then, he's been trying to get his way back in there. Amen. You lose heaven. You pretty, pretty pathetic everybody else is trying to get there and he he is there and gets kicked out that's why he's so rowdy you ever notice the devil get in people like you know if you be having a party or something like that at your house have people over and there's always this one person that you can't really count on to make it through the whole evening y'all know which one i'm talking about He's the one that never comes on his own. Somebody got got to go pick him up. And they don't want to go get him. So he's already ticked off. He come in late. No, He knows nobody wants to be bothered with him. So he going to cut up just to show everybody. Huh? Well, that's the devil. That's how the devil gets in things. He just wants to take over and take things down. But God's word is forever settled. That means there's no refuting God's word. Amen. 
It's like sometimes, you know, people want to want to question when people are using their faith. Amen. And and see, we say yeah, we're good on quoting scripture, but when it comes to life, we're all shocked and crazy and upset about it, you know, and, and, and this. But but it's just the word coming to pass. And, you know, we we hear the scripture that says that Noah condemned the world with his faith. He passed judgment on the world with his faith. And we think, woo, give me some of that. I want what Noah had. <laughs> but when you take a stand on the word for your health and people ask you how you are and you say you healed and they look at you. And you start shrinking on the inside. And you think, well, am I healed or ain't I healed? I was healed. I thought I was healed. I was saying I was healed. You understand what I'm saying? There's some people can give you some looks and say some stuff too. They'll say, oh, I know that, but, yeah, I know the scripture, but, well, well, I'm living it. You know it, but I'm living it. Amen. By his stripes, I am healed. Amen. Can't talk people out. And don't try to question people. When they give you their faith answer, you need to know how to respect people's faith too if you're a believer. You don't keep probing at people and, and when they told you they're healed, I don't care what they look like to you, you leave them alone. And you say amen and agree with it and keep it moving. Amen. Don't stand there because you're going to fight against God doing that stuff. You want to pick at people because they're, they're believing God and they still have symptoms in the natural. You leave people alone. You know, I learned a long time ago, God told me this. He said, you can't tell people what they believe. And you can't tell people what to believe. He said, when you see somebody struggling to believe me, just tell them, well, I'm in agreement with you for your miracle. Amen. And and mean it in your heart. Don't Don't make that something smart to say. Just say, well, I'm in agreement with you for your miracle. Amen. And be happy to agree with people who are trying to receive something from God. Who are we to try to put people under pressure when they're already under enough pressure from the devil and his little minions? (laughs) Taste not, touch not, handle not, believe not. Can't go there. So God's word is eternally a forever word. So, by his stripes you are healed is a forever word. It will never not be true. It will never not have power. It will never not be effective against the wiles of the enemy. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but God's word stands forever. You must believe the word is greater than anything, especially whatever oppresses, or challenges the word. Proverbs 4, if you'll go to that, and we'll read that from the for the umpteenth amazing time. It's never a boring time when we read it. It's an amazing time. It says, my son, pay attention to my words. Incline your ear to my saying. Ms. Nola, you have another uh, translation 
like a more modern one. I, I always wanted to see what it says. I left my tablet away. If you have it handy, you, you can open it up. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those that find them, and health, or that word is also translated medicine, to their flesh. So when you listen to the word, you're receiving medicine. You need to believe that. You must believe that when you hear the word, that's medicine to you. You have to believe the whole truth about God's word. You can't just listen to it and say, I'm just listening. Which one is this? Yeah, that's good. Uh, dear friends, listen well to my words. Tune your ears to my voice. Keep my message in plain view at all times. Concentrate. Learn it by heart. Those who discover these words live, really live, body and soul, they're bursting with health. Now that's the message translation. So we have to understand that God's word will, if we meditate on it, take it in like that says, keep it before us at all times. Why? Because you got symptoms. If you keep the word before, the word gets your attention. You concentrate on the word and then health springs forth. If you put the word aside and concentrate on your symptoms, I guarantee you those symptoms will remain there. So what God is saying is don't pay attention to what's wrong with you. Now that's a tall order for some people. Because some people can't wait to see you to start complaining. To them, that's the news of the day. What they don't have, how the, how is, how hard it's been, what they've been going through. But God says to glorify Him. I remember one time I was going, uh, there was a Bible study that I was teaching. It was at a friend's house and it was quite a drive. And, uh, there had been some hindrances to my getting there that morning. You know, this was before this ministry really started, to be honest with you. I was teaching a Bible study at my house sometimes, and then I would go. She asked me to come out to hers uh, to teach for her. And when I walked in the door, I started making excuses and telling people. And to see, that's not my character. I'm not an excuse maker. I, you know, and and I felt this this wave of conviction come over me, and I shut up. And later on, the Holy Spirit told me. He said, "Don't you dare glorify the devil when you're going to do work for me." Got me. Don't glorify the devil when you're on mission to work for God. When you start complaining, I don't care how tough a time you had getting there. Huh? And see, I have seen so many people violate that rule over the years. And I thank you. I said, God, I thank you. You taught me better. You taught me better. This time is your time. We're to glorify you. You ever notice sometimes, say for instance, you watch Benny Hinn when people give their testimonies. If they start going down the road of how much pain they had and how long they suffered, now he'll take that mic out. And, and sister, God has healed you. But he's healed you now. He shut that right down. Because that man works too hard to get that anointing in there to let somebody come up there and kill it with their stuff about how bad it's been. So that's why people oftentimes won't complain to you. They can they can even be uncomfortable and be suffering. You're not going to get some people to tell you they don't feel good. 
or tell you how they feel. Anybody who's lived for God long enough knows your feelings won't be here. You know, they, they're fleeting. You can feel this way one minute and the next minute you feel something totally different. At least you get off them potato chips and <laughs> got all distracted. Pay attention to my word. Huh? Don't let it depart from your eyes. Keep it in the midst of your heart. See how easy distraction comes. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. Miss Alicia, she know I'm messing with her. I'm going to mess with somebody. So That's what preachers do. They mess with folk. In a good way. So we are to to take the word like it's medicine. And see, we've experienced the medicine of the word, but we didn't understand that's what was going on. See, the Holy Spirit works like that. You can get the benefit of the word of God by sitting and listening, and you don't know how you got that. But God wants us. You ever notice that? Just You got saved, but you don't know how that happened. Then you prayed one time and God gave you a miracle. You don't know how that happened. And then later on, God starts showing you in the word. He wants us to have instruction. He doesn't want us to live by, you know, nonsense all the time. He wants us to have understanding. Amen. The scripture says, I have, I have more wisdom than my teachers because of your word. You got me? So that word will give you such wisdom. You won't, you know, nobody will be able to stand against what you have to say. So God doesn't want us to live by feelings, by uh, experiences only. We've got to validate experiences with our word, with the word of God. And there have been people who have done mighty things for God, not understand how it happened. Now, some if you stop and get understanding, he'll give it to you. But in old days of, of, say, like Pentecost and in the spirit filled moves, the moves of the spirit of God, people didn't really understand a lot about the word and how things happen. But they knew the Holy Ghost as a person. And do you know you can get along with people and don't really know them and don't know who they are, don't know their background, don't know much about them. But you can work with them. We do it every day. You go to your job. You work with people. You just see them at work. You don't really know them behind the scenes, what they think and all of that. So you can get along with somebody. You can cooperate with them. And you can work with them and not have no understanding of nothing. Especially in spiritual things. Because many people, we're result-minded people. So many of us are satisfied just with results, with very little understanding. But that's not what God wants. He says, in all you're getting, get understanding. Put understanding above everything. And what you don't understand, just shut up about it. You understand what I'm saying? Just enjoy the ride until understanding comes. But we are to seek understanding from God. We're to seek to know how things happen, spiritually speaking. Even though they may be difficult to understand, even though we may not have enough foundation or background to really get good answers, but God will give us understanding. That's what, what he, he is here for. I remember when I first began ministry and, and God would tell me, he says, now I'm giving you, I'm giving you the ministry of bringing understanding of the word to my people. 
And I said, that's wonderful, God. Uh, make me understand it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, but that's what teachers, I, I assume, teachers and prophets are supposed to make you, they go into the depths of the word and give you to understand what you're doing. Amen? We, you know, we are beyond the time of just memorizing a few scriptures and running out and trying to start a ministry with them. But you, you can get a lot of people saved on John 3.16. But God has much more for people. Amen. Wants them healed. Wants them delivered. He wants them, he, we're to make disciples of all men. If you don't understand the word, how can you make a disciple out of somebody? So you're to seek understanding. Amen. You're to seek understanding. There's many people that know how to get the Holy Ghost in, know how to listen for the word of knowledge to know what he's doing, but they may may give you some flubbed answers on some other things. You understand what I'm saying? But he wants us to have understanding on all things. Amen. So Proverbs 4, 20, 22, it says the, the, this, this, there is actual medicine in God's word for the sick body. It starts by healing your hearing. When the word of God comes into you as medicine, the first thing it heals is your hearing. Remember Jesus said, be careful how you hear. He wants us to hear by the spirit. So the word of God helps you to be able to filter out carnal thoughts and let his word sink in. And enlighten your spirit. Remember the Pharisees. They never could get it. Jesus would preach. They would even sit on the front row. And couldn't get it. Because they didn't hear right. They heard what they wanted to hear. And when they would sit up there confused. Then the next thing they would do. Want to hear something. And then go back and trip him up. And tell him he said this. And he didn't say that got me that's so demonic so demonic all these people news reporters misquoting and twisting and saying this is said and taking and splicing tapes together and videos together making it look like people are saying something they're not saying same with a bunch of pharisees amen The word will, the Bible says God is the health of our countenance. When people receive the word, their faces change. Amen. You know, God will, will make sure that his word comes to pass with us because he can't deny himself. The word says, even when we are faithless, he remains faithful. He'll show up one day with the thing that you actually prayed for. And it'll probably be a day when you ain't even thinking about it anymore. You think you gave up on it. You think you don't want it anymore. You think it's not important to your life right now. He'll just show up with it. Why? He can't deny himself. If he, if you prayed for it and, and you touched his heart with your faith, he heard that and he means to give it to you. It's always out of season. Most of us, things we want, we've wanted them so long. By the time we get it, we so wore out and exhausted and it don't even move you like it used to or like you thought it was going to move you. All the people who are waiting for a blessing so that they can show their haters 
something i'm gonna tell you right now god ain't in all of that huh he said love your haters huh he didn't say he was gonna come prove nothing to them about you the word is 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 very powerful you know i've had situations where i would pray for people and while i was praying for them or while i was sharing the word ministering to them they appear to get better and then later die you ever had that happen to you keep living keep keep breathing keep serving god you'll see everything and i told the lord i said god i said because you know you kind of know what the what the situation is you can get into an atmosphere permeated with the holy spirit and the word begins to work and with most people that should be a confirmation to continue in the word but they don't do it got me they don't do it we don't do it not as much as we should you know most of the time we get an inkling within us you know if i just stayed in the word real tough for about a week this thing would leave me and we don't do it you know what i'm saying we just don't do it but but as long as you're trusting god and you're believing the word time is up to you you understand we don't condemn each other based on time i'm gonna say it again we don't condemn each other based on time amen i was talking pastor shirley was branding to somebody that uh used to come to our ministry years ago like 20 years ago and she asked pastor shirley did so-and-so get this and that yet did god do this yet did god do that yet still keeping tabs on prayer she heard people praying for and believing for now she checking up to see if if god did anything now see that's hard down tough unbelief see what i'm saying tough unbelief checking up to see if we were stupid for believing god for something huh and when people here didn't have they just as happy the bible says rejoice with those who rejoice huh see that's the attack that your faith is under are you kidding me the devil don't want you believing god for nothing he don't want you believe in God for to for for you to be able to clip your toenails straight. He want to make that all crooked and ugly. <laughs> Not that they ugly to to begin with, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, he'll jump on anything that a saint wants to do. Amen. So the word must be received with gladness to get maximum result. If you turn to Mark chapter four always be happy for the word train yourself to rejoice when you hear god's word mark 4 uh, this is a parable ex- explanation of the parable of the sower where jesus repeated it several times so the disciples would understand and he said he told them something interesting about this parable of the seed he said if you don't understand this one you'll never understand the rest of them so this is the cornerstone 
of understanding in God's word is to understand the principle of the seed and the sower or the parable. And he said, verse 13, he said to them, don't you know this parable? Then how will you know all parables? The sower sows the word. And these are they that by the way, these that are by the wayside when the word is sown, but when they have heard, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Now, I've seen that happen. I, we were at a, a women's meeting once, and this woman was giving her testimony, a very powerful testimony. Uh, she had a husband, mafia husband, that cheated on her, and she believed God. He got saved. He's a very powerful evangelist after that and some things. And and uh, there were several of us women sitting at the table. We had brought a friend so that she could be encouraged by the word. And uh, the friend was just all enthralled in it. And so we went up. She wanted to go up for prayer, and, and you know, we went up there. And when she got in front of the woman who had given this testimony, she said, Oh, I'm just here for you, darling. Now, see, whatever, between the time she got up out of her chair and the time she got to the altar, the devil stole whatever it was that she could have gotten from that woman of God who had paid the price for a soul and many other souls because her husband was released into a soul-winning ministry. When he got saved, his money got saved with him, and he financed many, many other ministries, many... All, all kinds of wonderful things he did for God out of her faithfulness. And see, if you're believing God to keep your marriage together so your kids will come out of the streets or something, you need somebody's faith like that mixed in with your miracle. But I saw the devil steal it just that quickly. So don't think this stuff don't happen. It's immediately you can walk out of this door and and the devil will start telling you something about you know somebody in the meeting or something like did you see what they were doing and you go off on that instead of re- keeping what you received when you were sitting under the word so him uh, does this is this is true it's very true and that's why you have to be careful to hide the word in your heart to keep it secluded within you he says, these likewise, these are they that are sold on stony ground. When they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. Woo! We had it. That word was good. I mean that word. I'm telling you, fire came down when that word, you understand what I'm saying. So you would, but they don't have a root in themselves. So you have to watch your reaction and how you express it receiving the word because there are many people that jump and shout and jump around and and then go right out and keep doing the same behaviors over and over again they have no root in themselves they have no desire to meditate and keep the word with them these people are the ones that come to church and they watch everybody else and they want to say the most recent uh, phrases you know to get the christian phrases right and sound right and look right and all these things. You know what I'm saying? Got the right music on the, you know, iPhone, whatever. And, uh, you know, Waymaker, uh, you know, everybody's singing that now. 
They ain't, most of them ain't believing it. But they see everybody on Facebook is saying it, so they say it too. I'm talking about them people. They don't have no root in themselves. Huh? If you, the rooted people, instead of singing Waymaker, are praying, making sure God has enough word out there to make a way for somebody. See, you, you hook up with the Waymaker. You're not waiting on him to come rescue you. You're partnering with him so he can make a way for some people just out there singing. Yeah, I'm talking about y'all on the internet. <laughs> I love you, but I'm talking about y'all. You need to get deep out there. Get enough word rooted in you. You know, I'm one, I'm one of them forensic preachers. <laughs> I want to do an autopsy while they living. You hear me, Poppy? Yeah. Let me cut it open and see what you got in there. That's what I thought. All oh, y'all got organs missing. Your heart ain't right. It's all stony. Worked over. You out there trying to act like you all deep in the word. Cut it out. Go get in your prayer closet. <laughs> Uh, the way is already made you need to hook up with him you need to partner with him you need to start bringing his word back to him Waymaker, i know there are people out there who are in darkness how do i pray i'm your partner i'm not sitting up here waiting for you to make a way for me because the way's already made he is the way if he, le- if he lives in you, you're in the way with him. Amen? You ain't waiting on no way to be made for you. You got a covenant with way already in it. Well, these people receive it with gladness, get all excited, jump up and down, but they don't do anything with it. They don't have no root in themselves. These are the people that have come to your Bible study like that lady did 20 years ago. They endured for a minute. And afterwards, when affliction and persecution arrived. Now, this is, is I would say, 90% of the body of Christ. We got so many people stumbling around out there, not been in church in years, trying to get stuff off the Internet, put them, put them on something together, put a life together off of the blotches from the Internet. Don't even know how to ask God to pray and ask God to lead them to the right people. They on their itching ears. They want to hear somebody saying what they want to hear and they go stick with that person. If you want something from God, you have to humble yourself and submit to him. You got to go where he tells you to go, when he tells you to go, for as long as he tells you to go there. And go some more. The only way to power is through submission. Huh? And usually the people who can help you the most are the ones you're scared of. I remember we go to meetings and I'd see people breaking their neck to get up and talk to the speaker. I just hang around the back. I said, no, Lord, I, you know, I don't have nothing really particular to ask this person. Just show me what I'm here for, cause I don't want to get up there and get stupid. I don't want to get up there and be out of, 
I'm not trying to make myself seen, known, heard, or anything. Huh? I'm, I'm the church mouse. I'm just crawling out my little hole and crawling back in here. Give them, come out, get me a little something, and go back up in there. Amen. Get my little morsel, go back in my little hole and meditate on it. I don't have to be on nobody's front row. Huh? Some of the places I've been in, in front row people got embarrassed when the person in charge fell. That's a good reason to stay off the front row. You know, I mean, unless God puts you there. That gladness is a response of your flesh to the word many times. I would say it's a reaction. Your spirit reacts to it, but your flesh is the one that gets the benefit of it mostly. So you have to learn how to calm down and meditate on it and put it into practice. You got to hide that word in your heart. You got to, on purpose, capture that word, embrace it, and make it your own in order for it to work for you. That's why Jesus said, be careful how you hear. Many times people hear in a superficial way. You ever, you know, the preacher get up and open the word and say a scripture that you're familiar to you. You get all excited. I was just reading that by George. He got my scripture. You know God, he confirmed everything. Shut up and hear the rest of the sermon. You didn't get all wound up because, listen, we all got the same Bible, hopefully. You're going to have a lot of them situations where somebody read something that's for it ought to be familiar to you if you belong to god come on now have no root in themselves endure for a season afterwards when affliction and persecution arise for the word's sake immediately they are offended now this can happen to anybody at any time, no long, no matter how long they've been saved. This is not something for like new beginners, rookie Christians. I've known people who have even worked for God and worked in a ministry. And then all of a sudden they come in with their mouth stuck out all the time and, you know, everything's hanging low. And I said, oh, they just didn't get what they want. As fast as they thought they were supposed to get it. Oh, Pastor Barb, don't say that because some people really have problems. I'm not saying they don't have problems. I'm saying they fit right into this category right here. Persecution, affliction. See, that's going to happen to every believer, folks. Now, some people get spared of it. Because of herd mentality. You know, you hear that talked about now with this epidemic. They talk about herd immunity. Where you can be in a group of individuals that this virus has passed around to so many people. They develop antibodies and now they don't get the symptoms of sickness. You understand what I'm saying? That ought to prove to a lot of Christians that sickness ain't really sickness. It's symptoms. Amen. You lump it together. It's kind of interesting. God will spare you from getting a diagnosis. You ever see people say, I went to the doctor and they couldn't find nothing. But I know I don't feel good. I know this is wrong. They try to convince themselves 
that they sick. I said, do you, are you saved? Why are you trying to convince yourself? You, if you would work that hard convincing yourself you're healed. God's trying to spare you. He's not let, he's, he can't deny himself. When he said none of these diseases, do you know you can go to the doctor and they say, well, I thought you had so-and-so, but I don't think that now because this doesn't line up with the classic case of whatever, whatever. So you're stuck. Now you got to make a decision. You either accept that and beef yourself up in the word or you keep going from doctor to doctor to doctor. You're going to find somebody who's going to hang something on you and start giving you some treatment. What does that mean? What does that mean? That means get in your word. That's what that means. People do everything but read their Bible. They go off and want to talk to this person, that person. Go on the internet. Now you can get your WebMD. You can find out exactly what's wrong with you. Why don't you go to your Bible MD? What you believe is a choice. Huh? You choose to believe what you believe. Faith, sometimes faith, you believe in stuff you have very little evidence for. You believe something because somebody told you that and you never made up your mind to find out if it was true or not. Faith is a choice. Believe it, God says choose life. He tells us what to choose in case we ain't smart enough to figure it out. Good gravy. And instead of them choosing life and saying, well, God, they told me I don't have anything. What does that mean? You never stop and check with God. You go run off to the next place trying to get your evil report validated. See, that's people who ain't even shallow in the word. I've seen preachers go down doing this. They're up there preaching, preaching faith, preaching everything. And kept running, running, running to doctors. Till they found something they could operate on. See, your unbelief fed that whatever it was. Fed it long enough to get it to be a problem for you. Yeah, don't shout me down. (laughs) Because... See, if, if that stuns you, then be stunned. But get in the word. You don't even need to figure out why people get this and why they get that. Now you know. Because they choose to receive. Instead of fighting it with the word. If it's new to you to fight something with the word, everybody's been there. Now if that helps you, shame on you. Because you should be able to fight with the word whether you're the first one out doing it or not. Look at people who, uh, John G. Lake, first one in his family that ever stood up to the devil, just got sick of his siblings dying with different diseases, and he made up his mind. He was the first one in the family to stand up against disease and go to God and say, God, this is not you. What is this? When he found out it was the devil, and he found out God gave him authority over it, he stayed in his word until he came out with power. We want power we haven't even paid the price for sometimes. You want illness to go in in the minute you say something and it's your first time using the word. 
Huh? You speak as much unbelief as you speak. You know, you ever notice how powerful the word is? We'd be talking negative all day long and then go get in our Bible and start speaking the word and then your symptoms will leave. That's just how powerful the word is over your crazy unbelief. Look at how you've lived all your life before you find Christ. Huh? You can go out and pray for people. You don't have to be saved for very long. You can go out and pray for people. God will heal them. Huh? So don't ever give the devil more power than you give God. Don't ever say, it's going to take too long. Oh, I could do the word, but it's just going to take too long. I don't know. If, you know, suppose I die. Suppose you do. You saved? But suppose you live. Suppose you walk again. Suppose you get healed. Suppose you get 100% restored again. Suppose that happens. It's already happened. He's healed. You're healed by his stripes. You have a right to claim immunity to disease. You have a right to tell COVID, I'm not getting you and you're not getting me. Huh? None of these diseases. Go around scared of the devil. You know, God is, is like your mama was when kids would chase you home from school. She might watch you do it a couple of times and then she, one day she stopped you at the door and said, wait a minute. You ain't running from them no more. You better turn around and grab you something. The first one comes up to you looking funny. Bust him in his head with it. And let's keep it moving. That's the way you're supposed to do the devil. First time out. First time he puts something, you bust him in the head with the word and make him leave you alone. And keep doing it. And like people, well, I tried that. No, you didn't. You don't try this. This has been tried already. You know the word has passed every trial that's come against it. No, you're using a sure thing. You ain't trying nothing. You pick up the sword of the spirit. You better cut for all you can cut for and keep cutting. This is something you got to make up your mind to do, period. You know, you get in the word a little bit. and Yeah, well, you know, the first time I did it, I did feel better. But I know the devil came back. Well, he did that to Jesus, too. The Bible says it left him for a season. You're not above your master. You got to make up your mind. This is going to be your life's work. See, we want to fight for a minute and then get better and go play. You can't play. Ain't no time out. Ain't no play time. Ain't no recess. You got to make eating devils your lunch. No, you just get up one day and say, oh, I'm hungry. What do I want? I know. Satan, I bind you in the name of Jesus. Just bit his face off for lunch. Disable the devil with the word of God. So these people have no root in themselves. This happens a lot. You see people come to church faithfully, even for years. All of a sudden they don't come no more. Or they'll start slacking off where they used to be diligent. Amen. Then they want to grumble about everything. 
Then they want to start complaining. And then this and then that. This is this. Persecution, affliction. Because they think the devil is not supposed to pick at them like he picks at them people that don't know God as well as you do. <laughs> you get uh, uh, presumptive immunity. The Bible says in the world you're going to have trouble. So, but cheer up. What you mean, cheer up? You know what I'm going through? See, that's what I don't like about you. You don't never take people serious. I said, listen, I don't take the devil serious. Do you know what God did to him? The Bible says Jesus made an open show of him. He dragged him through the streets of hell. He said all principalities and powers saw it. In other words, Jesus had the biggest audience of his life where he made an open show of the devil, stripped him of all of his power, and showed him up. All the demons and all the angels know this. We're the ones that are trying to find it out. How do you find it out? Through fighting the devil. You find it out through your afflictions. You find it out through things happening to you that you thought would never happen to you. I'm a child of God. I'm saved. Ah! But you're getting persecuted too. No. Well, I don't do nothing wrong but that don't matter. You go get it. Huh? Like my mother used to tell us. She come in there and the house is all tore up. Who did this? Nobody tells on nobody. She said, well, I'm going to whoop everybody. That's what God says. Oh, you miss Goody Two Shoes. You know, that was always me. Daddy, I didn't do nothing. You know me. I'll never do nothing. I just sit in the corner and suck my thumb all day long. And they just hear him. Huh? You get it too. Huh? That might work every night. You know, parents know who does everything. They ain't stupid. They they just asking to see what you gonna do, huh? You gotta fear them and their belt more than you feel fear the brothers and sisters who gonna get you later on because you rat on them, huh? That what the Bible says? Don't fear the one who can kill your body only, but fear the one who can kill your body and throw you in the hell. So with persecution and affliction arises for the word's sake. It did not say persecution and affliction arise because you did something wrong. Y'all reading the same Bible on says Arise for the word's sake. Immediately you're offended. Well, it ain't your word. What you upset about? This is God's word. Well, you know, I was treating him right and I didn't say nothing wrong to that. Don't mean nothing. You go get yours too. Because you was in the house when it was getting towed up. And mama came home and the house was towed up. So she going to whoop everybody. The Bible says if, if 
you don't receive chastening, you're not a real son of God. You prove your sonship by the fact that you get whooped. Ow! My late husband grew up, you know, he's an only child. He would go over and visit with his his cousins every weekend. And he said, yeah, we would get in trouble and I thought I could just get in trouble and go home. I got whooped just like they got whooped. Why? Because he was in the household. She treated him just like one of hers. She said, you up in here in the mix, you going to get what they get. Huh? Because see, them only children know how to slick. Now, he has slicked his parents for so long. He said, yeah, I knew just where they would hide my Christmas toys. I'd get them out and play with them, put them back in the box. He knew everything and played with everything before Christmas. Amen. So when you got one of them mixed in with your bunch, what you going to do? You going to let him be all the troublemaker and go scot-free? You whoop him with the rest of the kids. That's how you get adopted into the family. Amen. Through what you endure. You know, it's good. The Bible says... It was good for me to endure affliction. That way I learned your precepts. Nobody wants it. But don't take it personal. It's only business, folks. This is the business of the kingdom. This is the business of God putting his glory on you. So you learn how to stay disciplined. You know, people say things like, well, you know, God, uh, he put me in ministry. He did this and he did that. And they can't even keep an appointment. You understand what's it? God don't give no ministry to somebody that he can't depend on to be somewhere when he tells you to be there. And be there consistently. And be there if the crowd is small or crowd is little. Well, you know, I, I, I couldn't, uh, uh, keep that church because nobody would tithe. I said, tithe? What for? Oh, see, they don't even know what the tithe, you know, people just, this is something they heard they supposed to have. And if they don't get it right away, they ready to quit. Well, God lets you do that to show you, you wasn't called to do nothing. If you quit serving God over money, now you really pitiful. That's the first test you're going to go through. Huh? You, <laughs> Seriously? He don't want no servants like that. That disqualifies you right off the bat. They don't take care of me. They ain't supposed to. God takes care of you. Your faith makes you whole. Your faith brings in your money. And if the people, you don't have the people who can can make sure that you have enough to live off of, go get a job. That's what Paul, well, I don't have time to work and study. Well, Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He worked. Wrote the Bible, preached, and got whooped everywhere he went. And spent time in jail. This ain't something for people who just want an easy road. That's why when some persecution comes, you get kicked out. Real quick, you get you get shown up for what you really do believe in times of persecution. That's the separation scripture right there. And if you make it <laughs> to the next one, <laughs> it's two more after that. Huh? So there's all kinds of ways people quit on God's word. But that word, I'm telling you, if you stick with it, it will heal 
preserve your life. It will preserve your health. It will do everything that covenant living entails. It'll do it. But you got to learn how to feed that, treat that word with equal attention and equal importance. Don't choose money over your health. You might have to really fight for your health one day. You understand what I'm saying? As you know, over the years, you'll see preachers, the big faith and big money preachers, eventually they wind up with something. Praise God, they make it through. You understand what I'm saying? But you may not next time. Maybe God's trying to get a message to you. Don't be so heavy on the money portion and get a little heavy on the healing portion. If y'all don't say amen. See, we're too easy to want to give everybody a pass on everything that they do. you got to measure everything against the world, sweetheart. God never promised you money without promising you health too. Which means you will have to develop your faith for both of them in order to survive in this world. Because you will be tested on it. Your number get pulled one day. And you'll find yourself passed out somewhere. No warning, no nothing. And God's showing you, lighten up on the material because the material is going to be here when you go. you got to stay healthy and stay healed to fulfill what I've called you to do. So get up off that side. Get over on. Get our column A. You know, with the egg rolls and the spare ribs, the almond cookies. Go over there in the steamed veggie category. See, a lot of people don't know what I'm talking about. You understand what I'm saying? Go over there in that place where you don't go too often and see what God has for you over there. We ain't in it for the treats. Amen. We're in it for the long haul. And God's trying to show us how to be in it and make it through victoriously for the long haul. Amen. All right. Why don't we stop? Father, we thank you for your word. Father, thank you for the people who are giving online. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for the blessings that they have sent. I thank you, Lord.